0: Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. So I hope that you had a Merry Christmas. I hope that you're looking forward already to a Happy New Year. I'm glad that you're back here uh, this Sunday, and I have a message prepared that I believe is going to be helpful each one of us as we prepare to um, leave 2019 and enter into 2020. So my text is going to be taken from Matthew chapter two, which we began last week, you remember, and we're going to resume in Matthew chapter two in just a moment. But whether or not, um, Lena mentioned this, so let me just hit on this very quickly, whether or not you believe in, um, you're in the habit of making New Year's resolutions, I believe uh, that you should take advantage of this time every year, the end of one year prior to the beginning of a brand new year. I think you should take advantage of this time of year to uh, to examine uh, your own life, to evaluate uh, your welfare, your spiritual progress, your spiritual growth, take time to set goals and set uh, and take time to adjust your uh, make goals to adjust your habits. I think that this time of year is um, the perfect time to do that to examine yourself so this morning in, in my Sunday school class, I suggested seven questions to our Sunday school class to to help you consider uh, that process to examine yourself and to evaluate your progress and to set goals for your spiritual growth and so I want to just Offer those to you this, uh, this morning. I know some of my class said I didn't get question number six, didn't get question number seven. So I'm repeating them so that they can have all of the questions this morning, all right? But I encourage you to write these questions down. Spend some time with them over the next couple of days. As you examine yourself, you evaluate your spiritual life. Number one, am I praying with faith? Am I praying with faith? Number two, am I serving with zeal? am I serving with zeal? Number three, am I believing with confidence? Number four, am I confessing with humility? Number five, am I worshiping with joy? Number six, am I giving with gladness? Number seven, am I reaching out with love? Now, I like those questions in particular because has questions of self-examination because each one of them includes uh, both an action and an attitude which encourages you to reflect not only on how am I doing with these spiritual disciplines, am I, am I giving, am I, am I praying, am I serving, how am I doing on these spiritual disciplines, but also it encourages you to examine your motives and your spirit and your attitude, am I, am I doing the things that I ought to be doing and am I doing them with the right motive? Am I doing them with a, with a right heart and with a right spirit? So I encourage you to spend some time uh, with those few questions over the next couple of days and ask the Holy Spirit to show you um, what does God want to do in my heart and, and ask him, God, where do you want to take me? In this coming year. What, where, do you, where do you want me to go? Do you want to go to a next level in 2020? Which brings me to my text, actually, in Matthew chapter 2. Now, you remember last week in Matthew chapter 2 we discussed uh, the family's, the Holy Fla- Family's flight into Egypt. And that is why it was necessary for Joseph to take Jesus and Mary and to flee down to Egypt so soon after Jesus was born. You remember that the reason that Joseph did that was because specifically he was following God's direction. He was going where God had told him uh, to go. In a dream, he had been instructed to take the child and his mother and to flee for Egypt because Herod was seeking the life of Jesus Christ. So Matthew points out that uh, this happened, this was done to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Hosea out of Egypt. I called my son. And so we we talked about uh, all of that last week, what that meant. How long Jesus remained in Egypt is unclear. And it, it depends on the dates that you accept for uh, certain key events during the nativity narrative. It may have been only a few months that he remained in Egypt. It may have been weeks, although it's hard to imagine that God sent them to Egypt to just to remain there for a few days and then come right back to Israel. Although it, it could have been. It could have been a few weeks, it could have been a few months. But nevertheless, it was no more than two years that Jesus remained in Egypt. Nevertheless, eventually Joseph received the direction from God to return to Israel. And that's what I want us to look at this morning, Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse number 19. But when Herod died, so they're down in Egypt, but when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and he took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel, went to the land of Israel. Verse 22, but when he heard that Arch- uh, Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and he lived in a city called Nazareth so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled that he would be called the Nazarene. Now, the first thing that I want to point out to you this morning is um, is very, very important, and that is that the detour that we talked about last week, the detour that Joseph and Jesus and Mary, the detour to Egypt was not a mistake. It was not a failure. It was not a misunderstanding. In fact, maybe we shouldn't even call it a detour because I mean, a detour suggests that there was a there was a proper route, there was a right route, a better route for Joseph to take, but that Joseph chose to take a different route. Now, that's not the case because Joseph went to Egypt in obedience to the direction of the Lord. Each step along the way, Joseph was following the direction of God. Now, he may or he may not have understood uh, why it was necessary for him to flee from Herod when God, when God could have protected Jesus from Herod. We talked about that last week, but here's the thing I want you to understand this morning. Joseph's ability to understand God's ways was not as important as Joseph's willingness to follow God's ways. In other words, he, he may not have understood why Egypt, why do we have to go to Egypt? Can't you just protect us while we're in Bethlehem or better yet, move on up to Galilee and protect us uh, there when we're not under Herod's jurisdiction? Uh, and so he may not have understood it, but it wasn't a detour, it wasn't a mistake, it wasn't a failure, it wasn't misunderstanding. Joseph was following God's direction each step along the way and his, his ability to understand God's ways was not as important as his willingness to obey and to follow God's direction, whatever it was that God had told him to do. Now, that's, that's extremely important when it comes to following Jesus Christ. Because if, can I tell you this morning, if you insist on understanding everything that God does in your life, you will inevitably end up limiting What God can do in your life? Did you hear me this morning? Thank you for the three amens I got on that this morning. It's okay for you to say amen. (laughs) Makes me feel better, even if you don't agree. Say amen. (laughs) Um, The reality is, if you if you insist on having to understand everything that God does in your life, first of all, uh, you'll be frustrated because you never will. But but if you insist on understanding everything that God tells you to do everything that God does in your life, you'll inevitably end up limiting what God can do in your life. If you say, I'm not going to take that step, I'm not going to do that until I understand why God told me to do that, then how many knows you're going to miss some of the things that God tells you to do? You're going to miss some of the things that God wants to do in your life and through you. Joseph, he may or may not have understood what it meant, why he had to go to Egypt and wait, and and he definitely understood he had to flee from Herod, but he may not have understood why God. Why can't you take care of Herod? Why do we have to flee with a new ba- with a new baby? Can't you just protect us while we're while we're in Israel? But the point is, he, he didn't insist on having to understand everything, each step along the way. He obeyed God every step along the way. Now I bring that up this morning because. Uh, I'm sure that as you look back on 2019, in your own life, you'll probably see some twists and, and turns in your own journey that maybe you weren't expecting. Maybe things that happened that you don't understand. God, I don't understand why that had to happen. God, I, I don't understand why it went that direction instead of this direction. So as you, as you do examine your life, over the next couple of days. And I hope that you will. You're probably going to look back on 2019 and see some events and see some experiences in your life that you're going to scratch your head and say, God, I'm not sure why I had to go through that. I don't understand why I had to go there and why that happened in my life. Listen, I love it. I love it when a plan comes together in my life. How many of you remember the A-team? Anybody remember the A-team? Okay. I love it when a plan comes together, but how many knows life doesn't always come together? At least not the way that we think it it should, or the way that we expect that it's going to come together, or the way that that we plan for it to come together. But sometimes, hear me this morning, sometimes those twists and those turns, what we call detours in our life, how many knows that sometimes actually they are a part of the plan of God? In our life. That's what we talked about last week. Sometimes they're an intentional part of what God's doing in our life. So we may or we may not see it, we may or we may not understand it, and that's okay. We're not required to understand everything that God does, we're only required to obey follow His direction. And sometimes that takes us in directions that we were not expecting. Sometimes it takes us to places that are confusing to us. God, I don't know why I'm here. What's going on? Such as Egypt like we talked about last week. Why Joseph had to go to Egypt with Mary and with Jesus. Or Sometimes it takes you to places like Nazareth, which is what I want to talk about today. Look at at the text again. The Bible says that after Herod died, that's Herod the Great, after Herod the Great died, God instructs Joseph to return to Israel. And it seems that um, it is Joseph's intention to return to Judea, to return to Bethlehem in particular, maybe, maybe Jerusalem. And that's a, those are logical places for he and Mary to raise Jesus, the future Messiah, the one who's going to be revealed as the Messiah of Israel. Um, however, when he, when he learns that Herod's son, Archelaus, is now ru- ruling over Judea, he's, he's afraid to return to Judea. And instead, being warned in a dream, again, God gives him instruction and direction Being warned in a dream, Joseph takes Jesus and Mary to Galilee, back to Nazareth, which we know that's where it began, Nazareth. Again, Matthew points out in in his gospel, because this is Matthew's point in his gospel, he points out that all of this was to fulfill prophecy, which meant that all of this was a part, again, of God's intentional plan for, for Jesus. However, Galilee was the most unlikely place for the future Messiah. It was, Galilee was considered provincial, rustic in a word that maybe we'll all understand, redneck. (laughs) It was an unlogical place for the Messiah to come. Nazareth, Nazareth was, Nazareth was just a tiny village with a bad, it seems like a bad reputation. It's not clear actually why Nazareth had such a bad uh, reputation. It, it may have been because I've seen theories that it was because they had some political ties to uh, rulers in Jerusalem and so the people kind of resented uh, Nazareth. It may have just simply been that it was so small and it was backwards, a backwards kind of place. It may have been that it did have some affiliation with Gentiles. Um, In in the area, but for whatever reason, we don't know why exactly, but for whatever reason, Nazareth became synonymous with whatever was undesirable, unpopular, obnoxious, even, and and unwelcome. In fact, uh, the mere fact that Jesus came from Nazareth was enough for some people to dispute his legitimacy as. The Messiah. Do you remember what Nathanael said? One of Jesus' disciples, Nathanael. Do you remember what Nathanael said when Philip came to him and Philip tells Nathanael, Hey, we have found the Messiah. And by we, he means me and Andrew and Peter. We found, and actually it was, it was Jesus that found them, by the way. <laughs> but, but he says, Philip says to Nathanael, We have found the Christ, and his name is Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And do you remember what Nathanael said? Nathanael scoffed, and he said, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? The answer to that question, we know, is what? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Of course, Something good can come out of that. Something good did come out of Nazareth. If God is in it, in fact, there's evidence that the name of Nazareth may be related to the Hebrew word for uh, shoot, like a young plant, or, or the word branch, which in fact would link it directly to Old Testament prophecies from Isaiah and Jeremiah and Zechariah, who promise, in which God promised to raise up a righteous branch that would rule over his people, Israel. Nevertheless, it was an unlikely choice from the people's perspective. It would have been difficult for anyone to make that kind of connection as blind as they were by their own perception of Nazareth and where the Messiah should come from. You see, they expected the Messiah would come from Judah, the tribe of Judah, specifically from the lineage of David, which which was why Jesus was born to Joseph, the lineage of David, born in Bethlehem. Therefore, it would have been logical for Joseph to return to Bethlehem, maybe Jerusalem, which is what it seems that he intended to do to return to Bethlehem or maybe Jerusalem. What was not logical was for Joseph to take Jesus and Mary to Galilee, much less to Nazareth. Because, again, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And how many knows that's, that's how we sometimes respond to the events in our life that don't conform to our expectations? We make plans we think this is how it's gonna happen this is what I'm praying for and some people some of us in 2018 were praying about 2019 and saying God this is what I'm praying for and believing is gonna happen in 2019 these things are gonna take place this is gonna happen Uh, in my life. And then we look back on 2019, we see where our life did some of this stuff and things that happened. And we wonder, I don't understand why that happened and why that took place. And so sometimes we ask ourselves, can anything, can anything good come out of that bad thing that happened to me in 2019? Have you ever felt that frustration before? I have. You look back on some unexpected set of circumstances, something that happened in your life that's disappointing or maybe caused pain and you wonder, can anything good come out of that? I admit that when I was younger and much more impatient than I am now, I'm still kind of impatient, <laughs> but I'm, I'm more patient than I used to be. But I admit that when I was younger, I was more patient. I used to think that there that there were some things that happened in, in my life that out of which just no good could come at God. Why did that happen? I don't that's just no good could come out of that situation. Bad things happen to good people and there's no explanation for it, it seems sometimes. Sometimes you try to do right and things just go wrong how many, how many know what I, you either got quiet because you know what i'm talking about or you're asleep <laughs> sometimes bad things happen to good people and it seems there's no explanation for it sometimes you try with all you can to do right to do the right thing things go wrong you can't understand it and although i may not have actually ever said it i think i probably did believe a time or two i don't understand why that happened nothing good can come out of that Nothing good can happen from that. Here's here's what's changed over the many years that I've followed Jesus Christ. I still don't have explanation. I still don't have explanations for some of the bad things that happen to good people. I don't have explanations for those things. And I still don't understand why doing the right thing sometimes turns out to seem wrong. But now... I have more faith that God has a purpose in it all. God has a reason for all of it. I may not see it. I may not understand it. I sometimes don't know why. And sometimes I do still scratch my head and wonder, God, what's, what's that all about? But I have faith to believe that God understands God knows. God has a reason. God has a purpose. Even if I can't see it, in fact, I would say especially if I can't see it, I have to trust him and just follow his direction (laughs) and just do what God has told me to do. I don't want my lack of understanding to limit my usefulness to God. Because sometimes we don't understand. But I want to be like Joseph and say, God, I may not understand, but I'm going to follow you. I'm going to obey you. And I'm going to trust you. I must, we must be willing to believe that no matter what twists and what turns our journeys may take, if we will trust him, if we will obey his instructions, then something good can and will come out of the worst places of my experience. How many have seen that happen in your life as well? Something that maybe at, at the time you said, I don't understand this, nothing good can come out of this, and then maybe years later you look back and you said, uh-huh, I see what God was was doing. I must be willing to trust God and believe that if I will... Obey him and follow his direction, then something good can come out of even the worst places of my experiences. You now, it's necessary for me to emphasize something here this morning at this point because sometimes I want you to know: sometimes we make bad choices and we suffer the consequences for our bad choices. Isn't that right? Sometimes I'm not. I'm not here this morning to make excuses for. Sinful behavior or disobedience to God, can I tell you this morning? God's not responsible for your irresponsibility. Amen? So that's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm referring to those times when you tried to do what you knew to do and it just seems to go wrong and you don't understand. I'm saying that in those cases it might not be wrong. It might not be wrong, but rather it might be an inscrutable part of God's intentional plan in your life. Trust him. Trust him. You might be wondering, what is God doing? How can anything good come out of this? And I'm saying God can use it for his glory. God can use it for his purpose in your life. Besides, hey, can I tell you this morning, what if it is your fault? What if, after all, you messed up and you turned left when God said to turn right? You disobeyed. You did what you thought was best instead of what he said was best. We've all done that before, haven't we? (laughs) There's nobody here that hasn't done that. Can I ask you this morning, do you think that you're stuck? Do you think that God has given up on you that you've managed to work yourself into a situation that God cannot get you out of. Have you forgotten what we talked about last week? Jesus Christ is able to save to the uttermost, amen. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter where you're at. Um, God is able. God is with you and he is willing to save and he is able to bring you back. Can you say amen? Amen. Again, I'm bringing that up today because I want this morning, I want this to be an opportunity to leave the disappointments, the detours, the discouragement, the delays of the past behind us and to embrace the future that God has promised for each one of us. Uh, Now, I know that there's some danger in doing that, This morning, because you may simply imagine that that means, well, whatever you want it (laughs) uh, to mean. In other words, you might be tempted to say this morning in 2019, things didn't go the way that I wanted them to go. But in 2020, things are going to go the way that I want them to go. (laughs) Don't make the same mistake in 2020 that you made in 2019, If that's the case, if you say that this morning, I'm going to tell you, you'll be disappointed. You'll get discouraged. Can I tell you this morning, following Jesus, following Jesus is not a means to get what you want for yourself. Following Jesus is a means to get what God wants for you. What God wants for you. And as in 2019, not everything in 2020 is going to go your way either. In fact, I'm not a prophet, but I'm going to go out on a limb this morning and I'm going to make some predictions, all right? And if I'm wrong, then you'll know that I'm not a prophet, all right? (laughs) But I think I'll be right. Let me make some predictions for 2020. In 2020, you're not going to like everything that happens next year. There are going to be some things that you're not going to like. There's going to be some things that are going to happen you're going to be disappointed with. There's going to be some things that happen that are not going to go your It's not going to be your cup of tea in 2020. That's prediction number one. Pretty safe. Number two. Prediction number two. The world will continue to be selfish, corrupt, wicked, sinful, and violent. The world's not going to change in 2020. In 2020, you won't understand why God chooses to do some things differently than the way you think he ought to do some things. (laughs) In 2020, in spite of all of your efforts to do everything right, even if you make every effort to do everything right, some things will still go wrong. And in 2020, occasionally, I'm sure about this prediction, and in 2020, occasionally, you will make some mistakes. You will make some mistakes. Now, I don't mean to be a downer this morning on the eve of a brand new year, so I want to make another prediction as well, all right? In fact, I'm, I'm surer of this prediction than I was of the other predictions. And here it is, God... Will still be God. Amen. God will still be on the throne. <laughs> God will still be good. God will still be for you and not against you. God still has a wonderful plan for your life. God will still be able to save. God will still be able to heal. God will still be able to deliver. God will still be good. Can you say amen? Amen. So yes, 2020 is going to, that's right, praise the Lord. 2020 will have its share of disappointments, but God will never, never, never disappoint you because he's good. Therefore, rather than wondering, okay, I'm going to try to bring this to a point this morning. Rather than wondering, can anything good come out of what happened in 2019, rather than wondering that, you should, we should all affirm, God has a purpose for my life. God has a purpose for what he is doing in my life, and God is able to make all things work together for good, so, in a few minutes, um, in a few minutes that I have remaining, let me tell you three things that you have to be able to do, willing to do, to be able to leave the past behind, to be able to embrace the future. And we're going to do those things this morning, to some extent, this morning. Number one, you said in a few minutes. I don't have a few minutes, do I? So, your time is up, preacher. Give me, give me a couple of minutes, and I'll tell you three things that you need to do, all right? Number one, you must be willing to trust in God's grace God's goodness, God's faithfulness. No matter what happens, no matter what happened, and no matter what happens in 2020, you must be willing to trust God is a good God, that he makes no mistakes, and that everything he does, he does well, and he does does it with purpose. Amen? Can I get an amen? Trust in God's goodness, his grace, we sang about it this morning. In his faithfulness and, and in his mercy. Number two, learn to wait on God's timing. Wait on God's. It might not happen when you think it's going to happen, but learn to wait. God's got perfect timing. I read an interesting, I can't go into great detail. I read a... Interesting article this past week about how we all know that we live in an instant society, but now what has happened in our society is that social media and everything has, has trained us not only to expect everything to happen instantly, but also to happen in such a way that it conforms to our wants and our desires. So like our social media feeds, our news feeds, we can tailor them, we can curate them to give us only the news that we want to see Only the things we want to hear. Any opposing viewpoint, anybody that disagrees with us, well, they're the enemy, they're wrong, they're evil, because I'm just going to listen to what I want to listen. Listen, God's got a purpose for each and every one of us. He's got timing. We have to listen. learn to wait on God's purpose, wait on God's timing for our life. Learn to wait on God's timing. And then number three, Here's the most important of the three. Learn to take Jesus with you. Take Jesus with you. So when the time came, Joseph had to learn to trust God. God, I don't understand why we got to go to Egypt, why do we got to go to Nazareth, but I'm willing to trust you. He was willing to trust God. He had to wait on God's timing until God said, okay, now is the time you go back. He had to learn to wait on God's timing and then most importantly, he had to learn, he had to take Jesus with him. Listen, the journey, the journey, we, we make it about us, but can I tell you, it's about Jesus. And if you will learn to stop making everything about you, and you'll start learning to make it about Jesus, <laughs> I'm telling you what, it'll, it'll transform the way that you see things. I've been, I've been some, through some things in my life. I haven't been, um, we're not here comparing war stories this morning, but I've been through some things in my life where the only thing that I had to hold on to was Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, if you hold on to Jesus, he'll never fail you. He will never disappoint you. Learn to make it about Jesus. God it's, it's not, it's not my comfort. It's not my glory. It's not what I want that's most important. God, it's what you want in me and through me. I want you to glorify Jesus Christ through me. And if you'll begin to see your journey as about what God wants to do in you, through you, with you for the glory of Jesus Christ, then it will transform the way that you begin to see the events in your life. Trust in God's goodness, His grace, and His mercy. Learn to wait on His timing and take Jesus with you wherever you go. Make it about Jesus Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Mike, would you come to the piano? But here's what I want you to do. I know we're a few minutes over this morning, but we don't have Wednesday night service, so I'm transferring all the time from Wednesday night to this morning, all right? If you don't mind, would you stand to your feet and would you just begin to make your way to the front? If you're able to, I know that some of you, 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 need to, you have to remain seated, you, you need to remain. I understand that, that's fine. But if you're able to and you're willing to, I want you to begin to make your way to the altar mm-hmm. this morning. And we're going to come to the Lord this morning. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to say, Lord, we're giving you 2019. Whatever happened back there, whatever happened in 2019 that we didn't understand, didn't make sense, didn't line up with what our expectations were. God, we're going to give all of that to you this morning and just trust you and say, God, you got a purpose. We may not understand the purpose. You may not ever understand why some of that stuff happened in 2019. That's not important. Just be willing to say, God, I don't have to understand it, but I'm willing to just trust you with it, God. I know that you're a good God. So we're going to leave all of that stuff in 2019, and then we're going to embrace the future that God has for us. Say, God, in 2020, here's what I want. I want to know that no matter what happens, you're a good God. (laughs) You do all things well, and you've got a purpose for my life teach me to wait on your timing to trust in you and most of all God help me to make it about Jesus that he would be glorified in my life would you bow your heads let's go to the Lord right now Father God we're standing here at this altar on the last Sunday of 2019 and we've all got disappointments We've all had things that have happened to us in 2019 that we weren't expecting, that we didn't want, that we didn't understand, twists and turns in our journeys. God, we're not sure why we wound up there. And maybe, Lord, up till this morning, some of us were scratching our heads saying, God, can anything good come out of what? Can anything good come out of 2019? (laughs) I'm here to tell you something good can come out of it. God can get glory out of 2019, but we have to leave it with him and trust him with it. So whatever it is this morning in 2019 that you need to leave behind, I want you just to give it to the Lord right now. Would you do that? I can't tell you what it is, but you know what it is. Whatever it is, you just give it to the Lord right now. Say, Lord, I give you that disappointment. God, I give you that situation. I don't understand it, but God, I'm willing to trust you with it. So it's yours, God. I'm gonna put it in your hands. Stop worrying about it. Stop obsessing about it, and I'm going to just trust you with it, Lord. It's yours. It's yours. Hallelujah. Father God, take those things right now, we pray. God, I pray that right now you would lift condemnation. I just feel the Holy Spirit wants to do that for somebody this morning, that God's going to lift that condemnation, that burden of condemnation, off of your shoulders right now. God, lift that condemnation. Lift that fear, God from their life in the name of Jesus Christ. God, confusion, we pray that, Lord, you'd cause it to go in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we believe that you're not a God of confusion, so lift that confusion, bring peace, God, I pray, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, God, we give that to you. We trust you with it, Lord. We believe that 20, in 2020, you're calling, you're calling to us, God. And you're saying, it's time. (laughs) It's time to return. So God, I believe that you have things that you desire to do, want to do in our lives and in our church in 2020. We don't want the past to be an impediment to the future, God. So Lord, we're praying that you would lead us, direct us, speak clearly to us, oh God. Give us the faith that we need to take steps of faith, God. That we would obey you boldly, Lord, and teach us. Teach us to trust you, God, to trust in your goodness, to trust in your faithfulness. <laughs> you have proven yourself time and time and time again. You're a good God, a merciful and a mighty Heavenly Father, a loving and gracious King. Teach us to trust in you. Come what may, Lord, come what may, that we trust you. Teach us to to wait on your timing, God, to listen to your voice, to know your direction, but most of all, God, help us to make it about Jesus. Help us to make our journey about what Jesus Christ is doing in our hearts, through our lives. That he might receive the preeminence in everything, God. We ask it in in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at ten thirty. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play App Store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.